Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Football Friday on The Fan. Block somebody! This is a Football Friday edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. Download the Odyssey app, follow 1080 The Fan, and enable push notifications to get the latest on the Ducks, Beavers, Blazers, and more. Football Friday with Danny and Dusty on 1080. Take the fight to them. The Fan. Hour number three on this Football Friday. Danny and Dusty with you. We're going to get through a great slate of college football and NFL coming up this weekend. Uh, we'll get to that this hour. But where we got to start is with the rivalry that, boy, it, it looks like quite a turn this year. As Stanford is just 1-2 and two on the year. Oregon coming off a big and emotional win at Washington State last weekend is now 3-1 and one and up to the 13th ranked team in the country. But do not pay attention to records or the way that teams have been playing. It goes out the window in this matchup. It's a lot like USC, Oregon State, where you just go, nah, I don't care. <laughs> Over the last 14 years, the Oregon Ducks have won seven, Stanford have won seven in this matchup. And remind me again, which programs have been good to great or otherwise in between? Have they vacillated in between? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, re- it really does not matter. And last year, folks, Oregon was ranked third in the country when they went down to the farm. Uh-huh. And everything went wrong there now. There's a lot of coaching issues and coaching mistakes that were made over the course of that game. That were hopefully rectified with the hiring of Dan Lanning. But those things can rear their ugly heads as, you know, when you're trying to exercise some demons of a place that's been very difficult for Oregon to go down to and win um, last year in Stanford, now they get to come up. You already hear the players saying, and this is actually something that I appreciate uh, from Lanning and his staff is that they will allow their guys to speak more freely. The recognition. Yeah, and yeah. saying like, no, yeah, we we think about last year. We we think about going down to the farm and the way that we had to rally back and force an overtime and try to white knuckle that thing and we got screwed by the officials and that like I mean they're not saying it to that degree, but you have them acknowledging that all of those things are on their minds heading into this game. And that's an okay thing because one of the things that I hate is when you just sit there and you ignore it all. Like Chip Kelly was the master of this. Nameless, faceless opponent, right? Razzle, razzle. Where's the fun in that? Where's the fun in that? I don't think it's even the fun. You're just ignoring reality. Like, 
you're, yeah, you're ignoring just... what the reality of what's going on in your locker room. And it, if you're making it about bullets and board material, screw that. Like, trust your guys enough not to embarrass themselves. Like, yeah. what Oregon players are saying this year is they're calling it an unacceptable loss. To that's a good thing year. to rally around. Like, because it was. Listen, um, Dan Lanning uh, here on the network, uh, 10 a.m. to fan at 4 p.m. with uh, Isaac Azuk every Thursday afternoon. That's right. Uh I have I have come to enjoy his appearance. So my, my drive home is mm. I'm usually home about four twenty. So I catch the whole interview because it takes me that long to get Convenient home. Convenient timing, Greg. It works out great. Convenient timing. I l- I have grown to love, hate, laugh, mm-hmm. and ridicule Lanning on every single one of his interviews, and it's it's wow. all it's all in, and I mean this all in good fun because he he will in mid sentence vacillate from thirty five year old dude. Having a, like a little bit of fun, like you see him, and then he realizes and he pulls that string back, and he goes yeah. into Belichickian coach speak, and then he kind of dives into like a, you know, Midwest sort of humor point. But then, you know, Sue will ask him a question about, you know, did this do that? And he, no, no, you can't, you know, allow that to to kind of take over your mind. And he just kind of weaves yeah. his way. You can see him working his way through who he is as a head coach in yeah. those interviews. And that's why I say I love it. I hate it. It's, it's actually very fascinating. If you if you don't, and this is going to sound very awkward, if you don't listen to what he says, but you listen to how he says it, I think you get more insight into who he is and mm. and how he goes about it. That is a weird way to put it. I, I, I'm I picking know up that. what you're putting down, though. But they like you can see him working yeah. through these things, yeah. and I find it very very interesting. So young. He's younger than both of us. Yeah, that's insane to think about. That there's a guy running the University of Oregon football program younger than us, out there and doing it successfully. Yeah, and when you start thinking about that, and like, hell, where was I four or five years ago? Like, where, like mentally, like, how did I go about things? What were my processes? And you kind of find yourself going through that. And I think that applies to this Ducks program right now. Uh, this is a long roundabout way to get there. It applies to where they are right now because you see them working through these things, mm-hmm. and I. As much as I don't want to say, adversity was faced in Georgia, but I think that's an adversity like facing a dragon. Like, maybe not start with that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that, that's, but I, they have not really been tested by an opponent that wasn't their own doing. Like Georgia was just better, yeah, in, in a level that you don't want to go with. Washington State, I felt like while good, Oregon screwed themselves. And I wonder how much learned from Washington State to Stanford to where they don't make those mistakes, to where they take the the process of things and not the results and try to resolve those situations to where they can grow, to where you allow yeah. yourself to, to kind of revisit those things and not move on to the next For one. sure. And that's... I mean that's like the hope for every week, right? Mm-hmm. And you you've seen that little by little with this Oregon team, but Stanford is a different animal this year. Uh, they're banged up, and when it comes down to how you beat Stanford, it's a lot different than it has been in years past, even the way it was last year, right? The issue that Oregon is going to have is the length on the outside with those wide receivers, right? Because you have six foot three inch uh, triquiz bridges, but teams have not been afraid to go after him and go at him early and often. If there's there, this Stanford team is so different than any, than any identity that you know of Stanford of being, because what they are, the only category where they're actually in the top three in the, in the conference right now 
is on yards per play on first down. And they, they average eight yards per play on first down, which is an incredible thing. They don't get a lot of first downs, though, because they also are dead last in negative mm. plays, and where that is completely the opposite of what they do. They used to just churn you out, mm-hmm. grind you into a pulp. Not be, make mistakes. Third down and two, third down and three, that was their jam. That is not what they are anymore. And they're having to rely on Tanner McKee. Casey Filkins last week uh, tried his damnedest to be that workhorse back. I think he had uh, 20 carries last week. But without EJ Smith, it's a different look of this Stanford team, and they do not have a whole heck of a lot of depth. And one thing that I'm really interested to see is Bo Nix and his confidence in in growing in that second half from Washington State and not having a negative play again, right? Go back to you're back at home. He looked so much more comfortable there. He was able to translate that in large part uh, against Washington State where you talk about the critical mistakes. There was only a few of them lost the Ducks six points, and that is the tough part about the Bo Nix experience is that, hey, he'll give up points for you, but he was able to flush that and have, I mean, that second half, I was – Wallace. It, it was. It was. And that, that, it was the best half of football he's, he's played in his career. Um, and how much you can carry that over and how much of a rhythm that you're starting to feel. And for, for Oregon on, on the defensive side of the football, you've got to get a pass rush this week. You have got to get a pass rush. That's because probably a, Tanner, Tanner McKee being in rhythm, that's how you lose to Stanford. That's probably a bigger question for me of this Oregon team than who's going to set up on the opposite corner or the linebackers going to kind of get going. Like, that pass rush has just not, outside of Eastern Washington, they just really haven't been there. I would love to see it. I mean, they were there against BYU. Uh, BYU, not, that's not fair. It's, they, it's sacks, sacks don't equate when you got a, a quarterback like Jaron Hall. Yeah. Pressures they, they did do, pressure him. You're they, right. they pressured the hell out of yeah. him. Like They did a phenomenal job of being a nuisance, but they weren't making, like, you, you want to get hits on the quarterback. Yes. You want to get sacks in the traditional sense against a guy like Tanner McKee. Um, and, and I'm totally with you on that. Like, get back, get to that, and let's see. And I don't look as this season goes on. We're a third of the way through the season. They just may not be that team. That may just that may, the Achilles heel may be that they're not able to generate pass rush with four. You know who's going to look a hell of a lot better if they do get that pass rush? Triquis Bridges. He will. Yeah, this entire secondary. If they're not under pressure, that you know that that may be the most impressive thing Christian Gonzalez does. Is that he does what he does without... With a lot of time. Yeah. He's a lot of time back there. And they really aren't throwing his way. No. They're just like, nah, this guy's, this guy's pretty decent back over here. Let's go he ahead and so let's pick good. on literally anyone else. He is uh, he is incredible. He, he looks like a day one, day two corner. Yeah, he's working into the first round. Yeah. He's working in the first round mocks right now. Uh, Ducks and Stanford right here on the fan. Uh, dirt... Anthony and myself will be live from in front of the Mashovsky Center at 4 o'clock. And if you're going down to the game, come and say hi to us. We're right in front of the Mo, uh, out inside of the gates of Autzen Stadium. Mm-hmm. So come say hi. We'll be there starting at 4 o'clock, handing it off at 6. And then Joey, Jerry, Georgie, and Terry take over. Uh, it's a mouthful. Um, from 6 to Terry, 8 o'clock. Kick Terry off. really needs to change the name. We need to go to Jay here. I know. Yeah, we do. But you know what? We love Terry, too. All right, um, let's get to the rest of the games of college football because, my goodness, it's not just the Pac-12. We have a battle of undefeateds going off tonight between Washington and UCLA down in the Rose Bowl. We've got some fantastic football games, including one upset alert at big noon. 
Danny and Dusty on the fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is a Football Friday edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. On 1080 The Fan. Oh man, yacht rock Friday. Nothing gets you ready for football. Like this is the ultimate football. Get you jacked up. It, I can, you know what I can imagine. I can imagine Jeff Russ rolling up to Beaverton High School on a Friday night, <laughs> back in high school, just jamming to this and like, let's go Beavers! Oh, back then it would have been more likely to be like Bell Biv DeVoe. <laughs> oh. oh yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, depending on which side of the parking lot you were on, you, you, did you did you pull up in the uh, the, sm- the smoking sign? Oh, and over where class action used to be. Yeah, yeah. No, okay. we used to go over on the other side by the field. Okay. Yeah. Because it depended on which side because you, you had the the teachers slash student smoking area, and then you had the other part. Uh, Isn't it man. weird to think about that we used to have a teacher slash student smoking area? I we, know. I, I did not have that in my high school. No. 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 I guess everybody in Glencoe probably just chewed. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, why go outside when we can stay inside? Uh, not, you're not wrong there. Do they have spittoons in every classroom, too? <laughs> Come on, Jeff. We're not animals. What's what milk cartons are for? Um, <laughs> With a straw. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got a great weekend of college football uh, this weekend outside of the Pac-12. Pac-12 included. Look, the Pac-12 is not bad at football anymore. Can we just... Can we say that? No, they're with they're, conviction. They're not. We're not that bad. bad. We're not that bad. It very much reeks of uh, what's what's the. Uh, we're yeah. not that drunk. It's very yeah. much. We're not that bad. That, I mean, the officiating is still pretty bad. Oh, Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like some things will never change. Yeah, no, they, they, they hire full blown idiots. I, I'm just going to say it. But the conference as a whole, not that bad. So tonight. UW, UCLA, good take, little football take game. Take some Friday night out of the weirdness. I've been seeing this pick a lot uh, popping up, but we have a great weekend of college football. Some games that you would venture to guess would be great entertainment, like a top 10 mat- Excuse me, matchup between NC State. By the way, NC State's ranked 10th in the country. Weird. And number five, Clemson. Uh, NC State with, it's growing on my list of favorite mascots. In all of college football, that little uh, wolf with the little sailor's hat 
on it. I mean, you get me if you put a little sailor's hat on your. You, listen, you put a sailor hat on. It, it does. It does complete the look. Yeah, the cow, the golden bear with the little sailor's hat, yeah. adorable. I mean, the Michigan Wolverine with the sailor hat, adorable. Listen, the cow bear with the sailor hat, like it was like the '40s. I think that logo was viable. It's still one of the best looking logos in sports. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. And you know what they do with North Carolina State's wolf? Put a little sailor and hat they poke, on them, and they poke the ears through. They this they do, and that is it's it's, it's a nice saving grace. It's so cute. Um, but you have games like that, which obviously you have a, a top 10 matchup. People are going to draw their attention to that. But I've been seeing this as an upset pick across college football, and it may be the most disgusting game. And I think by the, both coaches, if it played out that way, it's exactly how they would want it because this is the big noon kick. It's a 9 a.m. kick on the West Coast. It'll be in uh, Kinnick Stadium in Iowa City, Iowa, number four Michigan, against Iowa, the offense that cannot score. And right now Michigan's 10-point favorites, but I see a lot of folks riding Iowa in this one. Like Iowa's defense is going to slow them down. I'm here for it if you have like a 3 nothing pillow fight between Jim Harbaugh and Kirk Ferentz, I'm in. I'm telling you right now, if Iowa wins this game, the Big Ten will just crumble. I will laugh. And it will be so funny because all I have heard all season long so far is the Big Ten has Michigan. They have Ohio State. They, they have Penn State. Uh-huh. They just rattle off. And they had Michigan State on that list, too. And then, uh, and they've got Minnesota. It's like, if if, they're, if one of their pillars just crumbles immediately. Because Ohio State's kind of on, sh- not, not shaky ground, but un, it's not unwavering ground after they struggled against what looks like a very bad Notre Dame team. Mm-hmm. If Iowa upsets Michigan with the inability to score points anywhere, it is that Big Ten banner is going to come crashing down. Well, like you have got Minnesota. I I don't know what to make of PJ Flex team because they're really stinking potent offensively. Mm -hmm. They've outscored their opponents this year in four games, 183 to 24. That's decent. <laughs> and a 160 point margin is uh, pretty decent. Uh, it is ridiculous what they're doing to teams. And, and they're not thunder and lightning back there grinding possessions to a halt. Joel Klatt pointed this out. He he sent out fired off a tweet that said, "Tell me, would you be surprised if Minnesota went 11 and 0 this year or 12 and 0 this year rather?" They've got Left on their schedule, Purdue this weekend. Mm-hmm. They go to Illinois. Mm-hmm. They go to 11th-ranked Penn State. That's the one. You have Rutgers at Nebraska, Northwestern, Jesus. Iowa, and at Wisconsin. Uh, Penn State's the only one on there that you're really worried about. Yeah, and maybe... And at, you know, being at Penn uh, at Penn State, at that, Penn State, yeah, makes that difficult because that, that's prob- uh, that'll probably be their whiteout game. But you take that game out of it, right? You take that one out because they're not in their division. Mm-hmm. In their that's division, true. they've got Iowa, Northwestern, Illinois, Purdue, Wisconsin, and Nebraska. Wisconsin's two and two and look woefully average, yes. which means that they'll probably win that game yeah. because that's just that's what Wisconsin does. Yeah. Uh, and they got absolutely run out of the horseshoe last weekend by Ohio State. Mm-hmm. It was like fifty-two to twenty-one. It was not close. Um, that is that Minnesota team. They sneak, maybe sneaky, undefeated at the end of the year, 
And everybody's going to be like, oh, P.J. Fleck, row your boat to the college football playoff, and then they'll get beat by 50 in the Big Ten Championship because that's what happens. That'll track. I mean, all of that would completely make sense. Um, but elsewhere, this week on, on the docket, I'm not going to be entertained by Minnesota-Purdue. Uh, you have 7th-ranked Kentucky. That's the one for me. They hit the road, and they go to Vought Hemingway Stadium, take on 14th-ranked Ole Miss. That is one of my bucket list uh, tailgate places. I want to go to the Grove. Yeah, hey. yeah, I've heard it's awesome down there. Well, listen, Lane's got that that place humming right now. You've got two unbeaten teams, and last week uh, you had old Kentucky take on Northern Illinois. Like, really, Kentucky has a win over uh, over Florida, where they went on the road and they benefited from Utah mm-hmm. beating the break, up. Yep, lot, losing in week one in Gainesville. Kentucky went to Gainesville the very next week and won 26-16. And Anthony Richardson looked human. And this is going to be the interesting part for me is I don't know much about either of these teams right now because Florida has looked very pedestrian at times. Mm -hmm. Ole Miss has played Troy, Central Arkansas, Georgia Tech, and Tulsa. And this is what the Big Ten does, or the Big Ten, the SEC does to you, is that we have these question mark games. Where we're just throwing up our, our arms. And what everybody would be saying about this Kentucky and Ole Miss game is what people are saying about Washington and uh, UCLA. Mm-hmm. Very much. Which is one UCLA who's hosting the game tonight. People go, they haven't played anybody. Yeah. Like if, if, if UCLA had the, the resume of Troy, Central Arkansas, Georgia Tech, and Tulsa, they'd be like, well, they haven't played anybody. Right? And guess what? Ole Miss, they scraped by Tulsa last week. Okay, and Tulsa's a nightmare team to deal with. I, they're they're one of those ones that's. See, don't make excuses for them because they're in the SEC. No, no, I'm just saying Tulsa, so South in Alabama. Tulsa's but then that that weird. Kentucky is just like UW in this situation where they have a, a win over Michigan State mm-hmm. team. Where we're looking at Michigan State now, going, is Michigan State even that good? Is Florida even that good? Right, how yeah. good is Florida? And it's actually it's even further along than that than, than what you're going to hear because you're talking about Penix, who's number two in the country. Levis is right behind him. Levis is a quarterback. Is, is there's people talking about him? Is he going to be the number one quarterback off the board? See what I'm saying uh, in the NFL draft. But this is it, it. It is it is a very very similar matchup as far as uh, Ole Miss is kind of a a dual. Uh, threat offense where you've got a solid running game and a quarterback. Kentucky, it's listen. They've got smoke in the running in the in the backfield, and his, la- his last name's literally Smoke. What a fantastic name for running back! But it's it's the Will Levis show. Want all the smoke? But in Kentucky, it is quarterback driven. Ole Miss, it's a little bit more of both sides. I think it, it really is a direct comparison of UWCLA, Kentucky, Ole Miss. It's just that the SEC gets more love. Because Ole Miss is ranked 14th in the country. They have more hype around them heading mm-hmm. in, right? And UCLA is 4-0 right now, and they have three votes in the top 25. Weird. Three. Weird. So, I, I mean, like that just is the Pac-12. We're not that bad. Um, the other games of note around college football, and I really, I truly am excited for this one, is you have got... Baylor, Oklahoma State, for whatever reason, I I think those two teams, they always play great games. Like you could have you could tell me that in reality, they blow each other out every single time they play each other. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, Yeah, I don't care. It's always entertaining though, right? 
because uh, for some reason it's a drunk Big Twelve game. Yes, always. It's always a drunk Big Twelve game. Like one of them puts up sixty points, and you're, the other ones it's like sixty to twenty three. And you're like, what the hell just happened? Or you get a game like we got last year, which was uh, it was a low scoring defensive just mm-hmm. kind of duel. But you know what? It came down to the wire. And I love watching games that, and this one's in Waco, but I love watching games in, in Oklahoma State and Stillwater. Mm-hmm. I think their crowd, it, they've got a, especially night games, they're very similar to yep. Utah in this realm with me. Like when I watch night games at Oklahoma State and you have like the student section with their paddles mm-hmm. hitting the boards on the on the wall just, in the lower bowl, it's really... It rings like college or high school football on steroids. It's very, yeah, yeah. it's very middle America Friday, college Friday football. night lighting. Yeah, let's yeah. go. No, it, it, it definitely does, and especially in a place like Stillwater because that stadium's just like you're just driving and it's like, oh, there's the campus. And then you're like, oh, there's the stadium. Like, that's just kind of how... Never been there. Is. Really? Uh, it's, um, yeah. It's, I'm in there. It, you're not missing out on anything. It's quite literally the most boring place in the country. I'll tell you what. I watched the Garth Brooks documentary on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It looked like a hole. Oh, it, it is. Like, Oklahoma is just... Listen, uh, I, Rob can properly speak of Kansas mm. because Kansas is better than Oklahoma. Oh. Just in general. Like, it's, it, it's like Kansas is not great. Right. But Oklahoma is awful. And then uh, my last game that I of note for me, and I, I'm thinking about how much credit is number two Alabama going to get when they just absolutely beat the brakes off Arkansas this weekend? Come on, Sue Piggy. Come on. I mean, I'd love to see it, Sue but... Piggy. Because listen, that would throw a wrench in everything. Yeah, yeah. Because Georgia's going to do what Georgia does at this point. I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> Daddy, I, 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 I'm pretty does. much kind of committed to that. Um, daddy does what Daddy wants. I am watching the Wake Forest Florida State game. Yeah, I really like Wake Sam Forest. Sam Hartman's fun. That's the same. Great story. Hartman is just fun, man. Like they have every game they have played this year has just been fun. <laughs> like I, 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 the the afternoon game. If it's not a game like that, I really like have a ton of interest in as far as like the storylines and the schools. Of, but basically, back West Coast football. <laughs> I want it to be fun. So give me give me the fun. Uh, three votes for UCLA. So I've got a, each fan attends gets a vote for their game. <laughs> That's uh, funny. Wow. Great text. Five zero three two five zero. Wow. Ten eighty. Uh, also another good, uh, poignant text here. Why are you poo pooing the Big Ten? That's your conference now, man. Hey, I'm not you got to start finding a way to mental gymnastics and uh, I don't, I don't prop even that, mental prop, gymnastics. Prop them, back, prop them up. Just get the you know as long as the, as long as I'm, uh, those checks clear, man. I don't, I, <laughs> listen, two years USC is just gonna be like Bonzi Wells. <sighs> I'm not feeling. I'm not feeling good about the pick of the Detroit Lions over the Seattle Seahawks, especially after today's news. Danny Dusty on the fan. This is a Football Friday edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. On 1080 The Fan. If you have the Lions minus four, or Amon Ross St. Brown or DeAndre Swift on your fantasy lineup, it's time to start finding other options right now. I believe in the Lions, Dusty. I believe. You think Dan Campbell's going to be able to bite some kneecaps off? If not, he can maybe find some kneecaps for his running backs. Good news if you're a Seahawks fan uh, that wants your team to win, you have to have that qualifier now. Mm. Because of the fact that uh, DeAndre Swift has been ruled 
out, according to ESPN. Amon Ross St. Brown, out. Uh, their starting left guard, Jonah Jackson, out. Backup wide receiver, Jamison Williams, has been ruled out. DJ Chark, questionable. Josh Reynolds, questionable. I don't know who's playing offensively for the Detroit Lions, but get a steady dose of Jamal Williams ready because you're going to have to run the hell out of the ball without Amon Ross St. Brown. And if DJ Chark and Josh Reynolds are limited, that leaves you with, what, Quintez Cephas, who was, I can't believe he's not better. Well, I can't. He's in Detroit. Yeah. But coming out of Wisconsin, I thought that dude was going to be legit. Also, the Lions have the best names in football. Yeah, Jared Goff. Yeah, definitely. That's what yes. I was going with. Not, not DeAndre Swift or Amon's at Ross St. Brown. Or, yeah, they do have some pretty kick-ass like, names like DJ Chark. Like Chark they, is a bad... DJ Chark sounds like he's headlining at uh, Coachella. I was thinking uh, DJ Chark sounds like uh, a children's DJ, like baby Chark, Chark, Chark. No, nothing. Ooh, I got you there. Um, Frank Ragnow, like if you're going to have a... If you're going to have a badass center... Yeah, with that's a an Viking, offensive line... With a Viking beard and braids in his oh, that's awesome. Penny Sewell is also a kick-ass name. Yeah, they do lead the la- league in cool names, prob- probably. No, I mean, they do. Like, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's hard to beat this. Damn. Um, well, that's not good if you're a fan of uh, the Detroit Lions like I am. Also, of note here, um, Mac Jones has officially been ruled out. I was talking earlier about how they hobbled him out to practice on his peg leg. He has a high ankle sprain. Uh, New England has ruled him out, which means Axel Hoyer will be starting at quarterback for the Patriots this week. I mean, did you see his leg? It's not great. Yeah, it's not great. It, it, I mean, it looked like it was basically going to fall off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's bad news bears if you're a Patriots fan like I am. That's not good at all. Well, so is this whole season. I mean, I was just saying, this entire season is basically the Patriots crashing into the side of the mountain. But, I mean, if you're the Patriots right now, is it necessarily a bad idea to hit a full nuclear reset? Like, it's probably not. No, it's just weird. We're in a weird space in the NFL right now where you have got a lot of the brands that we've traditionally been used to being very good are taking a back seat now, right? Whether it is New England... Um, I, I don't know if Kenny Pickett will be the answer, but the Jets with Mitchell, Mitchell Trubisky, I don't know how long you can do that little game for. Yeah, no, they 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 need to punt. They're not going to be able to pull off the, hey, we're going to work su- through some things and still win our division and, and be a good Dude. playoff team. The AFC North has gotten too good for that, especially because Cincinnati has figured it out. Cleveland will be getting better when their serial predator quarterback, quarterback is turns. back. Because they're, they're okay right now. And the Baltimore Ravens, are damn good. Well, offensively. They yes, but they are they will but be a problem. way too good for yes. um Pittsburgh to F around and find yeah. out. Uh, honestly, you take your lumps with Pickett now and figure it out. So you have those two teams in in Pittsburgh and in New England. You have on the NFC side the Seattle Seahawks. Mm-hmm. They're they're pushing reset right now. Um, and they have been historically good. You have the New Orleans Saints, who over the last 15 years, since Drew Brees got there, they've been a playoff team and an NFC contender. They are hitting that reset button and hitting it hard. And then you've got two bottom well, they've dwellers. They've tried to hit it hard. You've got two bottom dwellers in the Bears and Texans on each side. Now, with all of those teams that have historically been good kind of 
in this reset mode, mm-hmm. we've seen that teams that have historically been kind of jokes. We saw it on Thursday Night Football last week. There's been not a whole lot to root for in Miami or mm-hmm. Cincinnati. Or from Philly has turned it around in short order, and they're back to being really good. You know, it seems like a decade ago that Doug Peterson won that Super Bowl. They fired him a year later, and, we, and they hit a reset. They're back again. Are we being good? Tanking? Jacksonville's good. Are we going to see tanking in the NFL? Because no, they, they're, they're you can't they're, do it. They're the last. Well, I mean, you can. And I'm not even talking about the way the Dolphins tried to do it. I'm talking about stripping it down for parts. You're not going to see widespread tanking like we do in the NBA. I think you can make, unless you have a quarterback under contract, under real money, like if you've got a placeholder like a Trubisky, I think you can. The hard part with the NFL, though, is that if you do that, you have so many different positions and so many different roster spots. You will Because we've seen teams try to do it, Cleveland. Yeah. Cleveland literally told us that that's exactly what they were doing when Sashi Brown was running their mm-hmm. organization. And and they did build up the asset tree, though. They were a absolute... No, they got rid of the assets before they actually got good again. <laughs> because every, when they tanked, they were an absolutely S-show of an organization, and nobody wanted to go and play for them. Because in the NFL, one thing that you have to do is you have to backfill your roster with vets. Yes. And if you have a reputation, like of not when they were doing that rebuild, not, yeah. Cleveland, they had players coming out there saying, oh, Cleveland's like, you know, a second run at college. You get four years to party, except for you get a, you get a few million dollars in your pocket. And then when you get done, you get to go and actually uh, play for a winner after that. Like, that's the rep that you get in the NFL. It's really hard to turn around if you're a tanking franchise because you have to get 53 brand new guys in and to reset that. Culture. The thing is, maybe, maybe you can't. Maybe you can't do a full reset, but you can at the quarterback position, mm-hmm. wide receiver position, mm-hmm. tight end position, uh, outside on the corners, edge rusher. Like you can kind of pick and choose which switches the flip if you, as long as you don't have either the edge rusher or the quarterback under contract. And you've seen it with coaches too, like David Culley in Houston. Like mm-hmm. you'll bring in a sacrificial lamb for a one-year coaching gig, and <laughs> he gone. Go fall on the sword. Uh, After yeah. you actually got so, them playing relatively, yeah, you, you do see it, but it, I don't think we'll see why as widespread as we do in the in the uh, NBA. Also, because you never know, like you never know who the slam dunk guys are going to be, right? True, it, yeah. it's, it's less so in the NFL than it is in in basketball, but I think it's more so in the NFL than it is in baseball. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But I, 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 would, I would be very interested to see kind of how that ends up playing out in the long run. Ducks, Beeves, we give the picks next on The Fan. This is a Football Friday edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. On 1080 The Fan. Let's get it. All right. Uh, wow, we went way over on the last segment. Uh, we need to turn and burn here. Let's get our picks in. Red we- team go, red team go. We have got. What does that mean? Is that military thing that I don't know? Yeah, that is very. Simple. Did we military it? Yes, we're going. What is that? We're going. Go now. Okay. Go red, red, red team. Go now. I don't think I'd be yeah, good. Send it. I don't think I'd be good in the military. Um. All right, let's get it here with uh, our picks: Oregon and Oregon State. How do you see these ones uh, shaking out? Beavers, eleven a.m. tomorrow. Ten and a half point dogs. On the road in Salt Lake City. Taking the Beavs a cover. I am too. Taking the Beavs cover. I like the Beavs cover. I think Utah's too, too 
too damn good. Cam Rising is way too efficient as a quarterback. He is way too good. He doesn't make mistakes. Chance Nolan will make mistakes, and that defense will force you to make mistakes. They've got a great quarterback and an elite defense. Cam got stupid against Florida. That's what happened. Because they should have won that game by two scores. Yeah. So I, I, I do think they're a better team. Uh, I will not be shocked if the Beavs make this a real game. It will not surprise me. Mm. But it, that all depends on Chance Dolan and his decision-making. Because I trust the defense. I trust the offensive line. I trust the, the Beavers to be uh, good in the pass rush. Like, I just, it's got, it, it falls on Chance. Um, all right, Oregon, 17-point favorites as they take on uh, Stanford. Eight o'clock. I like Oregon to cover in that one. Too. I, like, I think they're gonna. I, I think that they roll Stanford. Seventeen's a big number. They're dinged up. They are. There's there's this little thing in the back of my head that's just going. It's Stanford, and they always play Oregon top. And they just and it, like I know that has no bearing on what Vegas does. It doesn't. But in my mind, I can't divorce myself from that. I'm gonna take Stanford to cover, but I think Oregon wins by two scores. Let's go. All right, we'll be back to talk about it all tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow? No, we're not. Monday. I will be. Monday from noon to 3. We're also, I'll we've be got here, Blazers yeah. preseason Monday night. I'll be here for a little bit of the show on Monday, and then I'm going to boogie on up to Seattle. Let's go. Have a great weekend, everybody. We will see you Monday from noon to 3. Up next, you got prime time with Isaac and Suk from 3 to 7 right here on 1080 The Fan. Have a good weekend. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.